Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on facebook.com slash secrets of the sire, youtube.com slash secrets of the sire, twitch.tv, periscope. You, you get the impression. We're, we're everywhere. Tonight's show, we are going to be talking Venom movie reactions. Are we any good? And as a spinoff from that, the good, the bad, and the ugly with a proposed Venomverse, which is happening uh, with the announcement of the Morbius movie. We're going to be previewing New York Comic Con with uh, artist Tony Moy, who's in studio with us as well, too. Uh, we're going to be interviewing Vampire Diaries' David Alpay. And we're going to go spinning the racks, bringing you the most fantastical pop culture news out there. But first, Jolly Jane. We are sponsored by Jolly Jane. Jolly Jane is a new Kickstarter book, which is awesome. It's created by Russ, Co- Russ Rollins and Jeff Kaufman. Jeff is at New York Comic Con. He's actually going to be... Uh, on the show next week, too. What happens when a paramedic gets possessed by the spirit of a serial killer? Find out in this amazing 44-page comic book. It's really a tremendous book, and I'm really excited to have Jeff on next week as well. I am Mike Dolce, and as always, I am joined by my hero, Hassan Godwin Yay. and Tony Moy. Yay. You're not my hero, but oh. you're, you're, you're like a good friend, so that's I'm- good, too. I'm just a psychic. <laughs> You're a psychic? <laughs> a Son psychic. of a being. Well, I don't know what that means. Oh. Are you a psychic or a sidekick? Sidekick. If oh, he's okay. a hero, then right. I'm your... So the news is uh. in. The reviews are in. Venom movie. Uh, uh, I don't know. How do we spin this so that it's kind of like good in some way, shape, or form? Like, how is it? Uh, all, right, all right, we'll start with uh, like, this. We'll start with this. On? We'll start with this. Uh, Venom early reactions are in. Uh, a lot of people are basically giving it mixed and not really very good reviews. Like, basically, people are saying, eh, not quite, uh, not as good as uh, we were hoping for, and uh, pretty much should have just stayed in the uh, 2000s because it's not very good, and... Uh, what yeah. you should do is keep that voice up for the whole show. I think that's, I agree. <laughs> I think that's only going to add to our show. Right? Yes. Yeah. Are we right? on Facebook? Uh, we'll be on Facebook momentarily, yes. Okay. We'll be on Facebook momentarily. Okay. I don't think that's a problem. Okay. <laughs> so we are talking Venom movie reactions. Uh, I think this is a big, a big deal. I think that Did the, you see the Venom early movie? reviews... Uh, no, but the press moratorium is off, and yeah. all of a sudden uh, we have Twitter reviews like this. Comic fans will like Venom as it pulls directly from the comics in many places. Tater, <laughs> tater Tot fans will also like Venom. It's certainly clucky and not as fluid as most recent Marvel movies, but it's funny, intentional or not. That was one of the better reviews yeah. that I found from some of the press people. I'm fascinated with Venom. The cast seems to all know they're in a dark superhero movie except Tom Hardy, who is basically remaking Jim Carrey's Liar Liar. I kind of loved watching this movie in a Rocky Horror type of way. At one point, Tom Hardy and Venom make out. Uh, Brandon Davis, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock, and Venom has some really entertaining moments. A clunky script. script. Again, the clunky word keeps coming mm-hmm. in there. <clears throat> Without nuance, bogs the Venom down, preventing it from choosing between being gritty, funny, or something unique. Venom wasn't as bad as everyone was saying it was going to be. Tom Hardy is always and will be a great actor, and I laughed a lot. <laughs> but I'm not sure whether it was intentional or not. Uh, 
Uh, sorry to say, Venom is a pretty much waste of a time. It's a complete failure, a total mess that feels 15 years old, ignoring the storytelling strides that the superhero genre has made in recent years. A few fun Venom-centric moments aside, it has nearly nothing to offer. Don't get your hopes up. It's tough for me to think of uh, Venom without Spider-Man. Like they, they, those two are just so connected, and I know that they're trying to tell it without, and they've kept, you know, pretty close to the the uh, concept and, and theme yeah. of the character. Yeah. But but to me, like that that's always been like kill the spiders has sort of been uh, like how do you make a Venom movie without Spider-Man? Right? right. Like at the end of the day, isn't that like the whole crux of Spider-Man? Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of have a Venom movie and we have a Venom movie but we don't have a Venom movie? I, I was hoping like the you're saying it's kind of clunky and everything else. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was hoping like Venom and, and obviously there, there's the Joker movie that's coming out with Joaquin Phoenix and stuff like that. Like it would be a very interesting way to retell the superhero genre or stories from yeah. the villain's standpoint. Yeah. Right? Where, where, where you're getting some empathy for the villain but you know the, the hero just keeps on on, you know, like standing in the way or stepping in, stepping in on their toes or whatever yeah. else. Yeah. And the evolution of like, maybe you, maybe you, I was hoping you take sneak peeks of Spider-Man in, in, in the movie, or you have hints of like Peter sure. Parker. Sure. Um, just, just mention and, and, and you, you begin to, to see, um, that development. You can do it with like Luthor, the, obviously yep. the Joker yep. and, and just, I, I think it would be a cool kind of concept. It'd be incredibly difficult to write and pull off and get, but if you could, I, I think it would be I really. I think really though, neat. essentially, people are saying not very yeah well done. Right, exactly, exactly. Which is why I'm like, oh, the clunkiness that I'm hearing is just yeah, like we're not sour. really. So basically, <laughs> the Venom movie has come out and reactions. Basically, they 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 started out as kind of like lukewarm, and they just completely. Uh, tilted to mm-hmm. bad like just this is not worth your time this is not good uh this is like this feels like it's from 2004 uh, as opposed oh, to really? 2018 yeah there's there's some real uh. um damaging uh yeah it's it's not good <laughs> like it's just not good uh which is ironic enough because then uh the good bad and ugly because uh not only does the venom movie have two post credit scenes oh um those two post-credit scenes are launching a what I'll call a Venom verse. I'm going to coin it right now mm-hmm. because it's not a Spider Verse, it's not a Marvel Verse, it's not the this is not the Marvel Universe. What? No Miles Morales. No, no. This is exactly what we think it is. This is uh, heralded by Jared 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 Leto. Morbius is the is is the next Sony villains movie. Morbius. According to Screen Rant, Venom producers Matt Tolmack and Avi Arad, who next produce another Spider-Man-less spinoff, uh, are expecting big things from the Jared Leto-let Morbius. Uh, fans can expect to start hearing more about the project soon. We're obviously working on Morbius now. That's sort of next up for us. Uh, he expects awesomeness from the Academy Award-winning actor who famously took a method approach when unleashing his take on the Joker <laughs> and then had half his scenes cut out. Uh, just a similar level of intensity and charisma and devotion to the character. And loving the character. All right. Is there... Let's, let's, let's break this down to the good. What's the good of having a Sony-verse? Hassan, is there any good? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, uh, one, of our, one of our fans, Matthew uh, Belise, uh, wrote in that maybe we'll get to see Blade again. 
you know, because Morbius is very tightly connected no. to Blade. And we don't know where that Blade, where is that Blade franchise? Does it, where does it sit? Does it sit with Sony? It's non-existent. It's I non-existent, think, I think right? So, I think Marvel actually has it. I think Marvel actually has it again. It does Marvel it? MCU. Like I, the I, MCU. I think I read that Kevin Feige what had it was talking about it like he had it in his possession but so, i don't know uh, so so there's going to be a a blade versus iron man 2024 no, there's not yeah. there won't be okay um <laughs> look every venom is everything wrong with, <laughs> venom is everything wrong with uh, with with sony and with fox it's just we'll take a character I, I, we'll we'll you know we'll imbue it with none of the characteristics from the comic book we'll imbue it with we'll use none of the stories from the comic book but uh, the people will flock to it because it's live action. And um, that's the level of technology we have tonight. Yeah. yeah. And uh, basically, you know, uh, you know, people will come to see it because it's a it's an opportunity to see a live action uh, uh, Venom and it doesn't work. And then they don't make they don't even make a good movie out of it. So we had um uh, we had some folks on, uh, or, it's or like when they we jammed have some venom into Spider-Man Three. <sighs> we have some was... inside, we have some insider info. Some folks that we know in the know that have read the script. Um, so this is prior to the movie. You know, the movie comes out tomorrow. The script of Venom, yeah. And tomorrow or, th- or Friday? Well, I, you know, you yeah, know how Thursday like night. Thursday night, you know, Thursday yeah. night showing. Um, they all had serious problems with the third act. Um, a lot of third reviews act. I've read now too. <laughs> that, that's not like, like Fantastic Four's third act. Non-movie huh? people talking. Fantastic acts. Four uh, third <laughs> act. Well, no, these oh, are. I these didn't are, appreciate third act. No, no, act. these are people in the know who yeah. are writers. Mm. Uh, Don't you and, watch movies in three acts? Mm. The, the problem isn't the third. It can't be the third act. If Save the third the act isn't doesn't work, that means the whole movie didn't work. Yeah. So when you just blame everything on the third act, like if you're saying it had a good lead in, yeah. And then it just everything dropped off at the third act. Yes, yeah. that's that's one thing. Yeah. But there's there's no way. I'm sorry. Everything I've seen, there's no way this had. I mean, it didn't even look good in the trailers. Yeah, like the, the little the stupid extreme sports things he did with his motorcycle. Yeah, we had the the symbiote grab the motorcycle. That's that's not even visually interesting. Yeah, like it was it was wrong on like every level. And it's not Venom. The power of Venom. Is the the story of the symbiote? It's the story of his connection to Spider Man. That is the power right. of that character. That is the, the that is the strength of that character. the The character is Eddie Brock, and how he you know it's, it's essentially a love story. Im- imaginably, he starts off as a bad guy. He becomes yeah. uh, you know he becomes a, a semi good guy, right. semi decent guy. Right. If you're starting off with him being sympathetic, and that he's some kind of lab rat, yeah. You know because I mean it's already. It's already backwards, you yeah. know? It's yeah. Al- it's already no. wrong. And, you know, here's the other thing, too, that I thought was, was interesting about this whole thing. Um, well, A, we tried to do the good, and we ended up being the bad. Uh, so we've, what's the ugly of, of having to do a Venomverse now? I mean, what happens? We got Jared Leto signed on to do Morbius, and they're trying to produce Morbius. But if Venom... So Venom is actually, by the way, it's tracking to break all October records. Right. It's Great. tracking to break October records. October. Woohoo. Um, we beat October. <laughs> it's the only comic book movie coming out, so it's it's one of the only movies coming out besides you know, Halloween. And, and, and uh, you know, Predators kind of rose and fell. You know, mm. kind of fell with a thud. So but I'm just saying. So it's it's tracking to into do into the Spider Verse is a couple well. of months away. Right, well, of course, it's, it's tracking do well. to do very well. 
Let's time. let's assume though the cri- the critical uh, acclaim of it that we're not getting so far results in in an absolute tank. Like it doesn't make its budget. You already have greenlit the Jared Leto Morbius. Is there an ugly side to this? Is there is there a should Sony just stop at this point? I mean, is it is it it's it's one thing to write for heroes. There's there's a there's a there's a formula for writing hero hero movies. Yeah, right. And yeah. There, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. But to write a good villain movie, yeah, if that if that's the direction they're going with, like Morbius yeah. and Invent, and they're already failing on a well because thought out no and fleshed payoff. out, there's yeah. no payoff because you know? we don't have access to the hero. Yeah, so you're gonna do a villain story, and there's well, and, that, that's and, why I felt like there had to be at least some mention or reference to yeah, but like, there was there yeah. Spider won't be. at some point. There won't be. Legally. You're right. You're absolutely right. So, I agree I mean, with you. You're, you've got, but a, that's the bad. It's just gonna right. get worse. You've if got you're a, watching a, us on Facebook, we apologize. If you're not, check us out on YouTube, Periscope, all this fun stuff. When we come back, we'll continue this discussion, uh, and we'll get into New York Comic Con, which is like the biggest show on the planet. What's that? When we come back. My vomit streak goes back to the 2010 Super Bowl. You haven't vomited in eight years? I have have an iron stomach. My two-year-old son takes after me as well, too. He did the power hour, too, but it was milk. Still didn't vomit. Oh, well, I guess that's settled. (laughs) Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. Tonight we're talking Venom movie reactions. Are we any good? We're doing the good, bad, and the ugly of a Venomverse. But first, Jolly Jane is our sponsor. It's an awesome uh, new Kickstarter that's going on right now. It's from Jeff Kaufman and from... I'm going to get it right here. Russ Rollins. What happens when a paramedic gets possessed by the spirit of a serial killer? Find out in this amazing 44-page comic book. Uh, you can actually go to secretsofthesire.com slash jolly-jane, and boom, you can check it out. So, all right, uh, anyone checking us out? The beauty of it is on the podcast, there's no interruptions, but the live show, there's always, <laughs> there's always technical difficulties and, and fun and exciting stuff. Uh, we were talking Venom movie reactions. We're talking about... You know, what's the point of a Venom movie without Spider-Man? Should Sony just end this at this point? Because, you know, here's the, here's the thing. If they make a little bit of money, is it, is it even worth it on their part? No. <laughs> well said. Thank you guys for joining us tonight. It's so, been a really good yeah, show. No, no, no. <laughs> I will elaborate. To, to what end? Right. <laughs> I, I, to, I, to what end is it worth it? I, mean, I don't I'm, know. I'm, that's a, that's uh, a re-ask. So, like... No, I don't know. I mean, like when you say worth it, what do you mean? Uh, is it worth it to the point of like if they made like ten million dollars off a budget of I think the budget was like one hundred and fifty million, uh, maybe world. Maybe, I mean, look, I guess at the end of the day, money's money, right? If they make ten million, they fit, make fifty million, whatever. Uh, but if they get such bad buzz again, like aren't they running the risk of being like DC in a way, b- but not having the clout that DC has? Like, like DC already, has the clout that they can continue. Like that. Yeah, I mean, you know? like I mean their two Spider-Man four. movies were were crap. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. uh, their their two their two Spider-Man movies are not widely well considered. Mm-hmm. They didn't make as much as Spider-Man Three, yeah. which was considered the worst Spider-Man of the of the original Sony films, right? Um. So the, and then everyone asked, "Why did you re- reboot these? You know, yeah. For for what reason? Because so, they had to. 
Yeah, so then they they planned on making a Sinister Six movie, right? Which they kiboshed <laughs> because you know because Spider Man Two was yeah, bad, exactly, and also because they were going to sell Spider Man, well, technically rent Spider Man to the MCU, right? The MCU turned around and made you know gold out of the whole yeah. thing, yeah, right. So just why bother? Make your money, yeah, off of Spider Man, rent out the other characters, yeah. To the MCU, yeah, make the money off of those characters being in other Spider-Man movies. Doesn't then, that just seem too logical for anyone to compute? No, because they want their own franchise, I and know. you can't build a, a superhero franchise off of super villains. That's just the simple logic of it. Well, I, know. I, 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 I think you can if you have. The, but don't the, you need the, the heroes in the in the in the universe to contrast the villains? Like, so, isn't that so? Kind the, of... the, I'm re- reminded of um. To a certain extent, but th- there's this uh, Incredible Hulk um, series way, way back when where they didn't have the Hulk in it for like a year, and it was just Bruce Banner waking up to like mm-hmm. the the ramifications of the Hulk, yeah, and kind of a thing, right? And and that was that that was all about storytelling. That entire yeah. arc was about storytelling. You didn't see the hero, sure. You, you saw trying to get a movie out of that though. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a whole bunch of cutscenes of uh, of whoever plays Bruce Banner hey. waking up, like. To, like uh, Mark Ruffalo waking up, and then he would, it'll be like it'll it'll read like um, Groundhog's Day, over and over and over again. I, I, Great I, I, movie. I, I will toss out Logan. I'll yeah, go, but if you I'll went to Logan if you went to see a, a well Logan, but Logan's a hero. Yes, but the entire but the way they told told that story was not a typical hero. Sort but of. he is a hero, so yeah, he's a yes. hero down on the outs. People, the the audience gives him leeway. You yeah, to, to be... I love this three camera split. By the way, because I can like <laughs> literally people are just watching me watch YouTube, which is which is thrilling. I think. Well, you you are the better looking one of all of us. Venom shots. Woo! No, I, you know here's the thing. I think you can pull something off, but I think yeah. it, I think it's that it's, much harder. It is. It's you have so hard. much more to overcome. You know, like bad studios. Like if you have a character at a good studio, like a Marvel, that's 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 run. Uh, so proficient from top to bottom, there's less they have to overcome. Like that character movie, that Venom movie would work in a Marvel film. Now, yes, they do have the luxury of showing other heroes in that. Mm. Um, you know, giving, you know, even Spider Man Homecoming had a significant chunk of Iron Man. But if you can overcome less, you're going to, it's so much easier to make a good movie. I, I, These Sony movies, you know, Sony's not a, a, a studio uh, where you want to start a franchise right they, now. They still have Spider Man, right? Yes, technically yes. Technically yes. yes. So if if they if they did if they had took all these Venomverse and it all led into a singular Spider-Man movie and let's say they just hinted at Peter Parker in the background whatever else you know that, Again, where, where, where that you feel for kind the villains of logic. And, right, that kind <laughs> of logic. Fingers crossed, hope, all that. That's yeah, like last right. that's like last Jedi logic so, where right. we're hoping they have a plan. You know the problem with the Spider-Man <laughs> villains is other than Venom None of them are really all that interesting, you know. I mean, they for Mysterio has a two, giant fishbowl head. Two, I beg to yeah, differ. Yeah, okay. Two different <laughs> movies, two different franchises. They had they they failed to make the Green Goblin. Yeah, interesting. They wanted to make the Green Goblin into Spider Man's version of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the gravitas of Joker, right? They failed to every everything they try to do that's interesting with the Green Goblin or the Hobgoblin didn't seem to really work. Um, I think like I think a Morbius Electro, I mean, come so on. so here's the funny thing. I think a Morbius movie could work in the same way that a Blade movie worked at some point. But a Morbius movie, 
Nah. You know, I mean, you're really Blade maybe work, a Prowler movie. Blade Prowler work because maybe? the writer and the and the director had a vision. Yes. Character. Yes. Okay. So he was able to and do something s- with the character. Such low expectations for them. That yeah, they, but I that, mean, there was that no aside, that aside, the, the 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 reason it's because even if there was low expectations and it was better than it would be, you wouldn't be talking about it almost twenty years later. Yeah. If it wasn't a, a you know if it wasn't a movie that was done with a kind of vision and a, you know a kind of heart to it, right? Yeah. So you got to start off from a better position than. We have these characters. We we have these characters on a schedule to roll out as movies. Yeah, and we'll just find people to fill the proper slots. Yeah, you no, know. You can't, yeah. So, in that, you you're handicapped because you didn't even approach it from a creative aspect. You're handicapped because there's there's they're all villains. Yeah, there's not one hero. There's not one Spider-Man. There's not one ancillary Spider-Man char- uh, hero or well, character like like Silver Sable or sure. you know. It, it, there, there's not one of these other characters that you're going to use to substitute it. So you can't. You you've got a heavy who's learning to be a heavy yeah. throughout the entire film without ever getting your your primary into to kind of offset that. Yeah. So you either have to have a heavy who goes up against. Heavier heavies. Well, you're carnage. You, you, Azad's just about to put in. Like, so you should you know, just you cut him toss, off. Toss I just cut him carnage. off. That's what I've done. I've yeah. learned to do that. He likes that. Yeah, you you you, you toss it. You toss in <laughs> carnage, and you know, and that's one of the things where. Let me where, let me ask Venom. you though. But is let it, me ask is you. Is it though. working now? Let me ask you a question. Does it, has now? it worked? Let me ask you a question now. In the beginning, we all froth at the mount ma- at the mount of the mouth of like a carnage, like ah, oh, carnage, like that's great. Like the like the regular moviegoer is not even going to know what that not is. Not me. I didn't think it was great. You don't I froth didn't even the mouth the... of anything, though. I mean, you have a low standard for frothing, or no, a high standard. We have a low standard. I didn't even think the His character like of standard. Carnage was great in the comic book. Yeah. So you know the whole idea. I mean, it's just Venom with a different color scheme and a and a wickeder profile. You know. Uh, it, you mm. know, it's it's one without morals. Like when he first appeared, I think there was a there was a buzz around it because it was kind of like, all right, this is Venom. Uh, if he didn't have without that the concept of innocence, yeah, and that self and that morality in there, and there was, but again, then Maximum Carnage came out, and it was just like, like oh that's what God. I'm saying. Every time you up the ante on a villain without any, it would, you know, with the the goal only being up the ante, you know, right? You're you're going into you're you're heading into uh, kind of a shallow, yeah, uh, a waters at that point. You're not gonna yeah. you're not gonna get any depth out of that. Yeah, and I'm I'm saying. What I'm saying basically is character comic book villains yeah. either have one pathology, like something bad happened to them which turned them bad, mm-hmm. right? So they already made the wrong choice right. because of whatever negative happened to mm-hmm. them. And their moral is already corrupted. Mm-hmm. They don't, and now you don't even have the, the, only, the, only, the only positive, the only way to come back from a low like right. that is to bring them up. But you don't even have a character to, rise, to raise them up. So you're 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 already starting at a deficit. The only thing you could do is they started a low, and you started a a, a a bigger villain from an even further low. Yeah. Okay. And what happens is you in, inevitably have to humanize the villain and turn him into a hero right. in order him in order for him to combat the low, right. which negates the whole idea of you doing a, a a story from the perspective of the villain in the first place. You well, could okay, do if but, you had him. If but, you but, had, but here's the thing: well, who says that it's a story from the perspective of a villain? He just happens to be a villain. 
Uh, but I don't think they're writing it to be like, hey, this is a villain's movie. I mean, even Lethal well, Protector. Well, why would you put him in there? Well, He's lethal, the star of the movie. Venom Lethal Protector, I mean, is him essentially uh, getting out of his own um, villainous... Uh, you so know. you're saying that the Venom movie wouldn't be done from Venom's point of view? It's done from Venom's point of view, but Venom's not the villain in this movie. I know, but he is a villain. Like, that would be, well, that would be the draw. To us, he's a villain. Because we read comics. He's based on a comic book villain. But, but he's a protagonist in this story, no matter what. To what end? We'll find we'll out. Find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll find out next week. Next week, we're going to do our Venom reviews. This week, we're just doing our Venom reactions. It's very exciting. All right. There's a big show going on tomorrow. It's called uh, New York Comic Con. Uh, we got Tony Moy in studio. Which is it about which... like comedians and stuff? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've actually gotten that before. <laughs> um, Tony is the artist on Mainstream. Go check out Mainstream at booth 1166 and Artist Alley. Uh, J12. Look at this self-promotion. Shameless. Yeah. And check out Hassan and I. We'll be streaming live from uh, the comic uh, creator uh, connection panels. Uh, going on at New York Comic Con as well, too. So see, there's some shameless self-promotion. Yeah. That's why we like to do these kind of things. Uh, what is New York Comic Con to you right now, Tony? Uh, New York Comic Con is uh, sort of the, the, the largest comic-focused convention that, that, we, that we have on, on this side. Well, on you any, so, side, right? on any right? side of the Mississippi. Like it's, gotta be, it's, it's, it's bigger in the comic-centric part than, than San Diego, right? Yes, because San Diego now has like all the television shows and, and movies and everything else like that that are even ancillarily. We're, we're, we're showing some of your artwork, by the way. It's oh, terrible. You are? Oh, it's just, my God. It's terrible. Look at that. Awful. Yeah, I did. Awful. Hack. A lot, lot, lot of it is just randomly splashed colors on paper. Ah, terrible. Yeah. Mm. Terrible. Hassan and I could do better. Yeah. This is not true at all. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, and we talk about this a lot, and Hassana, you know, let's get your take on this as well, too. It, it, has it gotten to a point now, because there's so much oversaturation in the other comic book markets, uh, that this is... I mean, is it, what are you expecting for tomorrow? New York is... is it's ever, ever since I've been doing it, it's, it's always been crazy. It's always been New York. It's always the one that everyone... Um, there's some mainstream want, stuff want. that just flashed. That was oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was amazing. Uh, it, it, it's the convention that, that says if you can get in and if you can make it there, then obviously <laughs> you can make it anywhere, right? Um, it's, one of the major, it's still one of the major ones. Even though there's a whole bunch, you know, let's say there's a, you know, a one, there's Chattanooga Con or whatever else, yeah. right? You know, Motor, Motor City. Or like there, there's lots of conventions for uh, more localized uh, areas and stuff like that. And those, those are fine. Those are great. I've, I've done many of them. Yeah. Um, but there's an energy around New York. There's, there's a, um, are you guys surprised at the amount of, uh, cosplay stuff that's going on? <laughs> not anymore. Not, not anymore, anymore. Right. It, it, like I'm showing, you, you know, it's it. funny if you type in, which I did because I do my research, you type in New York comic con and mm-hmm. it's nothing but cosplay, like nothing but cosplay. Like, basically, and Buddy and Sclera, who we're going to be doing his panel tomorrow, um, you know, we were talking about it. You know, there's not, there, there's like, I think he was saying it was something ridiculous, like 50 hours of cosplay paneling going mm-hmm. on at New York Comic Con. Is the age of the comic book celebrity over? We're going to answer this question when we come back. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and TV? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your host on TalkingAlternative.com. 
I've been professionally writing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for almost 15 years. Catch my show, Secrets of the Sire, at its new primetime slot, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com. I'm looking at you, and I couldn't tell you if you're 24 or 38. How old are you? 38. How old is she, Sam? Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, I, I keep in good shape. How old do you think Assad is? <laughs> 71. Yeah. I'm at the age where the only time I want it twice is before I had it once. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. I am joined live in studio by Mr. Tony Moy, artist of the mainstream, and just unbelievable uh, color artist. We're actually going to show some more stuff that you guys, that you've done. we got some Nightwing stuff, some Poison Ivy, oh. you know, some really good stuff that, uh, that you've done. You can check them out at Artist Alley uh, booth. Uh, J12. Boom. All weekend long, starting tomorrow. If you're listening to the podcast... If you download it tomorrow, then you can still check them out. Um, if you're not, and you're not in the New York City area, it's not going to help. Uh, we were talking about New York Comic Con, um, and Hassan, I want to throw this out to you, because when I do New York Comic Con, again, pretty much the extent of photos, there's people running around. It's mm-hmm. a gigantic show. It's like 150,000 people. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly it's cosplay. Hassan, is the age of the comic book celebrity over? Now, we, we came from Wizard Magazine. Wizard Magazine was all about the comic book celebrity. Well, I don't know. When you say comic book celebrity, like you mean like like Bendis, like, like Rob Liefeld, and I need and and I'm gonna have uh, and Jim Lee and um, I wouldn't say they're and over. you can you can they're, you they're, can sell a convention based on an artist's name, not cosplay and or movies or TV. Just to fully define it for you. No, um, they're at a they're at a higher tier. Of celebrity than the cosplay, but the you know the 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 conventions are going to cater to the cos to to cosplayers because that's crowd participation. Mm-hmm. So you get people in because I mean, look, comic book artists, comic book superstars, comic book creators—that's an exclusive group. Not everybody can do it, you know. So. Um, Isn't that like a reflection on today too? Right? Like, I mean, the, the gatekeepers just slowly being. You know, washed away. But it's anti-gatekeeper because they they just focused on another uh, point of interaction. You can interact as a cosplayer, yeah. As opposed to you can't you can't just turn around and become a comic book celebrity, but you can just show up dressed as Wolverine. And if you do a <laughs> if you do a good enough costume, you'll get you'll get a percentage of celebrity. Tony, are you seeing? Okay, sorry, go ahead. What are you going to well, say? I was just going to build off of uh, what we were saying. Is like for for the cosplay, you you as a fan, you either take a photo with them, yeah, or or you you you, you look at them, yeah. <laughs> that's how dare you? How, how dare you? Right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about it. But when you when it comes to the the comic book celebrity, um, you know, the, there's 
there, there's collecting their art. There's there's talking about their stories. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot more. Yeah. The question's too broad. Yeah. Like, what do you mean by dead? Is he dead? I just remember. Okay, so we worked back in Wizard back in the day. I mean, we would build shows around comic book talent coming to a convention, and you would mm-hmm. get like a hundred thousand people. Yeah, but at the Wizard shows are Chicago. smaller. You, yeah. you, no, I you, agree with you. That. Wanted you wanted a lot. You wanted a more exclusive clientele to come and then right. partake of the shows. Now everybody wants. But I don't think that's true. I think I think they wanted to hit it as broad an audience as possible. I mean, in two thousand five, I remember Wizard World Chicago brought in uh, the Batman Begins crew, brought in Christian Bale, it brought in uh, Christopher Nolan. But it was like the it was the big event of that year. Like Joss Whedon was like the big event of the year. Kevin was Smith. It as big there was as always like and, one linchpin. Was guest. it as big as NYCC? Um, was it as big as San Diego? And, and those weren't the comic book. Uh, Chicago was second to San Diego. I know. No, no, I know. But I mean, it was uh, like the one thing they would do to kind of cater still, to the masses. It was still exclusivity. The Chicago yeah. was even was just a mecca for it's just a, a, a wider uh, niche uh, gathering. But now they want the average person off the street to come in. Yeah. You know, they want people to bring their kids. You know, they want people mm-hmm. to... But I, I think they, I mean, the they've Marvel always wanted that, that, but they, but they centered it around uh, people coming in with a knowledge of the people that they're going to see. Like they knew who was drawing Spider-Man. They knew who was, uh, you know, who the X-Men artist was. Like the X-Men artist was like godlike to mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, of, of kids I, and, I and people in general. I think they still are to that crowd, but you mm-hmm. want, you want another 100,000 on top of those people. Where are you going to get those if they're not? I into think they comic used to books? get a hundred thousand before that. I really I, I do. Yeah, I don't. Wizard Chicago so. was a big was a big deal. It's not. It wasn't as big as NYCC. I'm, I'm, no, it's what not. I'm, it's not. What I'm saying is they don't want just that crowd anymore. Yeah. They want everybody. Yeah. And also, if you think back then, in 2005 or whatever, people would come from all over. There, yeah. there was a lot fewer localized comic yeah. conventions. Oh, well, absolutely. I had, I had people come and visit me that, that would travel like 10 hours yeah. just, just, yeah. just to see you at, at, at I know. Chicago it's oversaturation Con. now, right? right? I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. At any point, you can go to a quote-unquote Comic-Con yeah. and get what it is. And it's very interesting to see what that effect is going to have this weekend at New York Comic-Con because I, I, I wonder if, you know, in years past, I mean, it's, it, was, it was like mayhem. When, mm-hmm. when, when the mainstream... Wink, wink. Public actually understood what this was. All of a sudden, it became like a like an unbelievable thing. Yeah. The past couple of years, I've I've noticed it's a little it's dipped a little bit. I I still think there are going to be the the major comic conventions that you know people just need to go to or put on put a little check mark on their list. You know, it's it's San Diego Comic San Diego Con, definitely yeah. Comic Con. I think it's Dragon Con. It's See, like never Mar- been. Never it's, been. It's like the Mardi Gras. It, I need to go there San next Diego year. Comic Con yeah. is uh, yeah. Las Vegas. Yeah. You know. Uh, That's the New Orleans. It, it, it's New Orleans. It's, all right. It's, all right. Yeah. And, and, then, and then New York is yeah. one of them. Right? I think so, too. It, it's just the, the pure, focused, largest comic convention that we have. All right. Speaking of comic book conventions, I was at Wizard World Chicago uh, recently, and I got to sit down with Vampire Diaries actor David Alpay. Uh, he was also in the show The Tudors. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was really great. And again, we want to give our, our shout out to, to uh, Jerry, uh, the PR guy at uh, Wizard World, for allowing me to uh, have a couple minutes. So enjoy this interview with the Vampire Diaries, my man, David Alpay. This is uh, Michael Dolce from Secrets of the Sire here at Wizard World Chicago with David Alpay of Vampire Diaries and Tudors fame. David, welcome. 
Hi, Michael. How's it going? It is going terrific. So uh, we were actually just talking a little bit off air, and I want to jump right into it. Comic-Cons in general, um, you said you weren't big into comics to begin with, but now you're in this world. What is, what's your uh, impression? What are you feeling? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Like, with a lot of comics, people grew up with them, but I never did for some reason. I remember the only comic I had as a young kid was the one they gave us a public school where Spider-Man fights crime with the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm sure you read that one. <laughs> it's a very famous issue. <laughs> I think I still have my comic. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have that, that one. Definitely. Um, yeah, so it's kind of fun being at a Wizard World. This is my first. I've been to Vampire Diaries-specific conventions before, and we see our Vampire Diaries fans. And it's fun to see some of them here today, and then fans from all different kinds of shows, and some representing a bunch of different programs that I've been on. And it's cool, man. As actors in front of a camera, we don't often get to see our audience. It's not like theater. It's not like the olden days. So these are a great way for us to connect with people and, and see what they like, what they didn't like, and... They're very candid, man. People will tell you exactly what's on their mind, and I kind of love that. That's yeah. really- you played uh, you played Atticus Shane in Vampire Diaries. You were uh, really uh, prevalent in season four, and you know vampires in general have have diehard fans. And then Vampire Diaries, the show, I mean, my God, has such a fandom. You know, how do you, uh, you know, I don't want to say deal with because it's not the right word, but you know, when you when you first experience the fandom, you know, how did it feel and how does it, how do you, how do you take it? Oh, I love it. I think it's a trip, man. People get so enthusiastic about the show. They've seen every episode. They, they remember what certain actors said on the show. Uh, they know the personal lives of the characters, of the actors. They're just so invested in it. And it reminds you to take your job as an actor extremely seriously because it matters to people. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of a really hard work week, Somebody's going to sit down and give what little time they have that's free to watching your show. It better be damn good. That's all I, you know, that's what I care about. And that's what this has reminded me of. Yeah, vampires in general are, are such a mythic, uh, you know, archetype. I mean, they've been around f- since the beginning of film. I mean, with Nosferatu and things like that. I mean, was there a certain, you know, style that you had to bring? Obviously, I'm not, you know, playing a vampire specifically, but like, is there a certain. Um, you know, style that you have to kind of bring when you're doing something in this in this genre. Yeah, I mean, it was on the CW, and the CW is a very specific kind of brand, and they have certain shows on on the air. Um, for me, I'd watch the show, so I was conversant in the sort of tone of it, and I'd seen three seasons before I showed up in season four, and so I wanted to do something that was very realistic, and I wanted to draw it in a very kind of recessive type of performance because a lot of the performances on the show are very sort of stylized; they do like this art sort of thing. And I wanted my character to not be a red herring for people not to suspect anything about him because we knew that that reveal would come later on in the season. So I wanted it to be as contained as possible and as, like, uh, relatable and human as possible so that your gut would tell you that he was trustworthy. That was very important. And, and, you know, do people still come up and, and, you know, are they still kind of, like, in awe with the shock and and all that stuff when the character's revealed? yeah, it's funny. Is that is that what people kind of hinge on when they when they talk to you? Yeah, they they, they they call me Professor Shady Pants, you know, because they they thought you know it was such a it was such a turn for them, and they they felt so betrayed because people identified with Bonnie, and really wanted to trust somebody who seemed human and not some sort of mutant or monster or something on the show, and then to find out that I've been pulling the strings all along and manipulating people people didn't take that kindly and it's funny meeting fans now that they've gotten to know me a little bit as a person they can sort of distinguish between the character that i played myself and know that there's like a there's a rhetorical distance there but yeah for the longest time people were pretty peeved with me i gotta say so i'm gonna be completely truthful vampire diaries right up my alley oh i thought you were gonna say i gotta be truthful i've never seen the show the tutor the (laughs) the tutors not as much give people a little bit background on tutors and and your role on that show i know you recurred the Tudors was a marvelous show. It was kind of like, it was 
the beginning of this whole movement on television yeah. to do these really uh, highly developed costume dramas. Because until the Tudors, a lot of the costume dramas were kind of cheeky and like not very well done. They were done on like a dime's budget. But we had Joanne Bergen designing our costume. She won Oscars for The Prestige. She won Emmys for our show, Golden Globes for our show. Our show premiered in England while we were shooting the second season. So we didn't know if that if it was going to go over well. And it did. People loved it, and it it sparked like this this a renaissance in this kind of storytelling. So my character, Mark Smeaton, was the dance master, musician at court, uh, fell in love with Anne Boleyn, and was partly responsible for having her head chopped off. <laughs> and also he got his head chopped off, too. And it was a beautiful head, too, with all the curly hair. So it's too bad. Um, yeah. So last question, um, where can people find you next? Uh, what are you performing, doing? What's going on with you? Absolutely. I'm on a show called Suits right now, which you might know, because yeah. one of our actresses went and became a princess. And uh, I'm also going to be working and living in Chicago starting in September, uh, filming a new series for Fox called Proven Innocent. We'll be on the air in January. Uh, so stay tuned for Proven Innocent. Well, please uh, let us know. We'd love to have you on the show. If you're in New York City, come by the studio. We'll have you on. It'd be great. Thanks, Michael. Can a man actually get up with any kind of macho manliness and say Twilight was a good film franchise and or movie? That's like the guy wearing the pink shirt, right? Like he, yeah. He but, feels completely confident. But in, men can <laughs> rock pink. Whoa! Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Sam, Sam the engineer is Sam, wearing pink. Right I just pulled a Hassan. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We talk comics, movies, TV, pop culture, secretsofthesire.com. Go check us out. Uh, Tony, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're welcome. We got New York Comic Con coming tomorrow. It's going to be frenzied. We're going to be at New York Comic Con tomorrow. I actually flew all the way here to New York for for this, and the New York Comic Con is just like an ancillary benefit, really. I would say thank you, but the audience knows you're lying, so you know, we don't get any for that. Hey, uh, real quick, we are sponsored by Jolly Jane, the Kickstarter going on right now by Jeff Kaufman. He will be at New York Comic Con as well. Go check out the small press booth. Uh, it's, it's a great story. It's a great Kickstarter. Uh, they are halfway to being funded, so let's push him over the top. He'll be on here next week to hopefully send him over the edge. All right, we do this every week. We go spinning the racks to bring you the most fantastical pop culture news. Out. Spin the racks. I love Tony's face. He's like, was that Hassan? (laughs) It was. It was. Uh, According to a new study, Star Wars The Last Jedi, the negative buzz was amplified by Russian trolls. So, (laughs) so don't, wait, wait. It's not, it's not, it's not us. All right. Um, (laughs) According to a recent study, um, Developed by somebody, but they don't actually give his credentials. Uh, he did a, a study on the negative buzz developed by some guy that was done on Last once, Jedi once a long time ago. Uh, that says that only twenty percent of the film was actual negative buzz, and a good fifty percent of negative buzz that actually occurred was not by real people and or Russian trolls. Ryan Johnson went online and actually tweeted about this. Very happy to see this study. Uh, I'm, I'm ad-libbing. I'm not actually giving the direct quote. 
Uh, Hassan, I know you loved Last Jedi and love everything that they're doing with the Star Wars universe. Does this I, vindicate I you? I couldn't imagine <laughs> what you want me to say. About <laughs> he was not a fan. Actually, we as a show were not a fan I, of Last Jedi. I, I I would agree with you. Oh, good. I, hey. I, I, am, I am on that boat. I, I saved that story for last. Been better in case uh, he agreed with this. Could have easily been better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like a beating. That could have been a better. Do you beating. know what's really funny? I went back. Uh, so Hollywood Reporter was the first. One that I read uh, to to report about this troll thing, and uh, they had a read more link, and the read more mm-hmm. link was read our review of Last Jedi. I was like, oh, I'm really interested to see what they say. And they basically said it was a lousy movie, but they're like, but it was a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. It was something different. And that that seems to be like everybody's like take mm-hmm. on Last Jedi. I, I think we can start blaming anything and everything on the Russian trolls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think the point is that nobody really knows. What's good or what's bad, and and by that I mean nobody knows what makes something good, yeah, and what makes something bad. They just know I didn't like that, or I really love that, but they don't have any insight as to what you know what it is about whatever they liked that. Is, is it the old? Them. Is it the old Supreme Court uh, ruling on pornography? I know it when I see it. <laughs> like I know when it's not good. Yeah, I guess that's a that's a it's kind of an oversimplification of it, but yeah, pretty much. Um, my, my art is good. And that yeah, that's what you say. And um, the 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 problem is right now? that's why the YouTube stuff, all of this stuff, all of this uh, you know, all this superfluous uh, uh, media has come in to start doing the thinking for us, to do the analytics for us. No, but there's always been critics. There's always been New York Times but critics not, and not movie at, critics. Not at this volume. I mean, the volume is ridiculous. Well, but that's what we were saying before about like, and I guess I use the term gatekeepers. That's not the right word, but I mean, now there's just a flood of people with zero credentials who that's have what a I'm blog saying. and have a platform, and with the glut of them into the into the blogosphere, right, comes a glut of of uh, I don't know what you would call it disqualification, discrediting. You know, people are just going to come in. And it's like, well, I think this movie sucks. And the other 50 guys behind me think the movie sucks also. So build, everyone, that build, me- everyone builds their armies That means now. the movie sucks. And then they'll come back and say, well, you guys aren't anybody. But let me ask you a question. So we think you all suck. But let me ask you a question. And did the movie suck? It did. It really wasn't very good. That's because of the Russian trolls. Speaking of trolls, Comicsgate leader is suing a Marvel DC writer for defamation. Oh, I've heard about that. <laughs> I mean, it just it just doesn't stop, is right? This, uh, Mark Wade. This is uh, this is exactly yeah. Mark Wade. So, according to the Daily dot dot com, uh, Richard Meyer, who is one of the leaders of Comicsgate, is actually suing uh, goes Mark. By the- it goes by the name of Diversity in Comics okay. is suing so a Marvel just for DC the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's taking him to court, suing him for torturous interference with contract and defamation. Meyer accuses Wade of ruining his career in comics, a bold move considering the reputation Meyer already had created for himself. Uh, gaining notoriety as a conservative reactionary YouTuber, Meyer is best known for provoking harassment campaigns against women, people of color, and trans people in the comic industry. He's the comic publishing equivalent of. Well, this is all right. This is a little stilted. I'm not going to. Uh, Go too much further. Mm-hmm. Um, Should have checked the article first. Which, well, you know, For it had bias. A, to be honest <laughs> with you, it had a really first. good big shot of Mark Wade <laughs> that fit the dimensions of what we use for our videos. I was like, oh, I'll use this one. This is good. Um, several retailers promised to boycott his comic Jawbreakers when it came out uh, and criticized Antarctic Press for giving Comicsgate a platform. 
Um, this is what the lawsuit has um, has pretty much said. Wade was one of the most high-profile people to speak out against jawbreakers, posting on Facebook that he personally informed Antarctic Press of Meyer's behavior. I have a call into Antarctic Press. Until I hear back, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't really understand who or what they're getting to business with, which, though it seems a stretch, is a possibility. If I do hear back, I'll report in. Curious is it how they feel about publishing creators whose marketing strategy is to allegedly <clears throat> encourage fans to threaten the employees of their stores and or harass one of their main stars. So that was what Mark Wade publicly posted. Uh, here's what I got to say. According to Antarctic Press, though, they, they, they supposedly, from what I hear, dispute the fact Mark, that it was Mark Wade. Facts. Mark Wade put a call into the office. They, they write this. Staff took a message and told Mark Wade our publisher would be informed. Nobody at AP contacted C.B. Cebulski or at Marvel, nor felt threatened in any way by Mark Wade's call. So they have actually publicly responded to that. Um, here's the funny thing, though. If Mark Wade published on social media that he put a call in to tell someone not to publish, does this mm -hmm. guy have a case? Yep. He does, right? Mm -hmm. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show some more po photos of Tony. I, I have uh, no of Tony's idea. Artwork. Look at the Tony. He does have, I, don't, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't legal. I don't know exactly what that. it's called, but I mean, if he says that he obstructed this, this other person's ability to. Uh, to make money, um, or he takes credit for kiboshing the the a, a deal that was struck in good faith between two other right. people. Then, I mean, he, I his, know. his 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 saving grace is the company itself says we weren't influenced by him. Right. So, I mean that that kind of nullifies things. But if he, so I mean, if 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 you look at it the right way, he he, well, not the right way, but if you look at it the way Mark Wade wants you to look at it, um. He just bragged about something he didn't do, right? And it's you know it's harmless, but right. But he, there is a case there. There's 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 something that you need to look into. It's it's it, like that was the part that struck me though when I was reading this. Like there's a, there's a big I stand with Mark Wade movement going mm -hmm. on, and and rightfully so. I think his books are awesome, and and he's a terrific writer. So uh, you know I got I, I have no beef with him. Um, but the funny thing about that though is I'm sitting there going like, you know, if he directly using his well, influence, it, whether he did or didn't. It's not the case. He said he did. I know. I know. So I know. There, therein lies the problem for him. I but know. I mean, the, this, like I said, the saving grace is the company itself said that wasn't part of our decision making. So yeah, you know, I mean, you can. I don't know how much you can use that. You could take that to the bank, but you know, that's a that's kind of an out for him. The, the, I, I am. the the point is, look, don't brag about. <laughs> Stupid stuff. <laughs> On stop using Twitter. Everybody needs to stop Don't using press Twitter. Send yeah. Tony. How does it feel? You are now an internet sensation. I, it, I feel the same. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck at New York Comic Con again. Go check us Thank out you. at booth eleven sixty six. Go check out Tony at J twelve, and check Hassan and I out at the Creator Connection panel. Uh, four through four p.m. to seven p.m. on Thursday. If you're just downloading the podcast on Thursday, you can't catch us anymore. But nope. you can catch us all weekend long. Next week, we uh, welcome Jeff Kaufman on to talk Jolly Jane, and we're going to review Venom. <laughs>